Tēnā koea, nau mai, haere mai, my name is Will Appleby and you're listening to Animal Matters. COVID-19 is wrecking havoc on the events industry, but there's a silver lining. It's also wrecking havoc on animal abusing rodeo events as well. And a new Kiwi startup is raising funds to employ more researchers on their quest to bring new dairy products to the market but without milking a single cow. Animal Matters is brought to you by Safe for Animals. We release new episodes every week, so make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or whatever your favourite podcast platform is. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at safe.org.nz forward slash animal matters. COVID-19 is wrecking havoc on the events industry. Both of the Bay Dreams festivals in the North and South Island have been cancelled. They've cited difficulties they've faced trying to book managed isolation space for international artists. And they've opted for smaller events in Tauranga and Nelson a few days after New Year's. There's also a big question mark hanging over Rhythm of Vines in Gisborne, which the organisers say will only go ahead if the traffic light system is in place, and it will need to be green or orange. And rodeo events are dropping fast. Over the last few weeks, six rodeo events have been cancelled, and a further four are postponed. That leaves 18 of the 28 events. Whether they will go ahead is anyone's guess. The government recently announced that the whole country will move into the traffic light system shortly after November 29, but Auckland and the surrounding regions will almost certainly be in red. Everything will be allowed to reopen at red, but there will be a 100 person cap and with one metre physical distancing. That creates a lot of uncertainty for event organisers. As a former festival goer and even occasional performer, I hope festival goers get the summer they're desperate for. I know some of the organisers of these big festivals and I have the utmost respect for them. I can only imagine how tough the current climate is for them. But I can't help but take a small amount of comfort in the fact that there will be less animal suffering at cruel rodeo events this summer. The trade of live animals by sea, commonly referred to as live export, is meant to be winding down. In 15 months' time, it will be illegal to export cows, sheep, goats and deer via ship from any port in Aotearoa. There's currently a bill moving through Parliament that will put this into effect. Brazenly though, animal exports appear to be ramping up. Between April 14, when Agriculture Minister Damien O'Connor announced the ban, and June 25, which in the most recent figures available from MPI, 17,000 cows were exported to China. 8,000 were exported during the same period last year. And just this weekend, the LQ8 docked at Napier Port and loaded 14,000 cows bound for China, the single largest export of cattle from Hawke's Bay. There's been a significant increase in cattle exports over the last couple of years while the industry has been under scrutiny. Over 100,000 animals were exported last year by sea, compared with 39,000 in 2019 when the government launched its review of live export. 
In 2018, only 14,000 cows were exported. It's hard not to assume that exporters have been making hay while the sun shines, conscious of the fact that the party won't last forever. The big question is whether these large shipments of animals are to fulfil existing contracts or whether exporters are taking on new contracts. In June this year, Green MP Chloe Swalbrick asked Damien O'Connor if he's aware of any contracts New Zealand companies have to deliver live exports by sea in the next two years, and if so, how many? He responded by saying that some companies have long-term contractual arrangements for the export of livestock by sea that extend beyond two years. When asked how many live export ships are contracted to leave New Zealand in 2021 and 2022, the minister responded that he didn't have that information. Confused? You're not alone. It appears, though, that the government is putting in place very few, if any, measures to reduce or wind down the number of cattle exports during the so-called wind-down period. We just don't know for certain, and it sounds like the government has simply announced a cut-off date when live exports will be banned, and exporters are allowed to continue as usual, right up until the 11th hour. That gives them a financial incentive to, as I said before, make hay while the sun shines. The Animal Welfare Amendments Bill, which will ban live exports by sea, has passed its first reading and is currently before the Primary Production Select Committee. Public submissions are now open. We have resources on SAFE's website on how to make a submission, so head to safe.org.nz and make a submission today. There has been a lot of discourse lately about feedlots, especially on Twitter, where environmental and winter grazing campaigner Jeff Reed posted drone footage of the five-star feedlot in Ashburton. SAFE brought this feedlot to national attention back in 2018, when we were given drone footage of the same feedlot. And it appears there are fresh plans to build more feedlots in the Canterbury region. Newsroom reported last week that the Christchurch City Council has granted consent for a farm company to build two 200 metre long composting feed barns that will hold up to 1,000 beef cattle each in Kaituna Valley, Banks Peninsula, close to Lake Ellesmere. Together, the 12,000 metre square sheds have a footprint almost as big as Christchurch's Central City Convention Centre that's currently under construction. Surprisingly, the sheds actually breach several district plan rules, yet they've been given the go-ahead anyway. And to make the situation even more sketchy, the feedlots will be built by Wangan Hills, owned by Brent Thomas. Back in 2018, Thomas's company made headlines when they destroyed rare native plants. The proposal has drawn criticism from environmental groups including Forest and Bird and Greenpeace, who both raised concerns about nutrient runoff and nitrates leaching into the freshwater system. Furthermore, Newsroom pointed out that Christchurch's City Council and ECAN declared a climate emergency in 2019, within days of each other. Yet, in its consideration of this consent, the City Council doesn't mention the word climate once. Industrial farming operations like this inevitably put profit ahead of animal welfare, and barren feedlots bring with them a high risk of lameness to the animals. They shouldn't be allowed in Aotearoa at all, and it's a disgrace that the Christchurch City Council has allowed this consent to go ahead. 
Nitrate levels in the Canterbury freshwater system is becoming an increasing concern, especially given the region has the highest rates of bowel cancer, of which nitrates are a contributing factor. I've seen a lot of hand-wringing from a number of city councillors in Christchurch over the government's three water proposal. That's typically not a topic I'd cover on this podcast, and I don't intend to start today. But considering how the council has handled this consent application, it's not surprising that the government wants to take over administration of three waters infrastructure. Plant-based alternatives to dairy products have soared in popularity over the last few years, much to my personal satisfaction. Vegan cheese was terrible five years ago. These plant-based substitutes for milk and cheese are a fantastic way for people to remove dairy from their diet, whether it's because you're concerned about the environment, your own personal health, or because, like me, you think that killing calves to take their mother's milk is cruel and unethical, It's never been easier to ditch milk and cheese from an animal. While plant-based food poses a challenge to the dairy industry, I don't think these products yet pose an existential threat. Not yet, at least. But the technology behind precision fermentation undoubtedly is a threat to the status quo. Sometimes called lab-grown milk or synthetic dairy, Precision fermentation is used to create alternative dairy proteins, which are molecularly identical to the dairy casein proteins found in cow's milk. A report published in 2019 by Rethink X predicts that when this technology comes online at a commercial scale, the dairy industry in the US will collapse by 2030. New Zealand's dairy industry giant, Fonterra, supplies 30% of the world's dairy exports. They're also New Zealand's biggest company, so I imagine their hubris has blinded them to this threat. But it's coming, and there is a new player emerging in the Kiwi market. Food tech startup Dairy Labs is targeting $250,000 in funding to support its plan to put New Zealand on the map for dairy, but without the cows. Management consultant Irina Miller, who previously worked at Fonterra, co-founded Daisy Lab earlier this year with Dr Nikki Freed, a molecular biologist and genomics professor at University of Auckland. Daisy Lab intends to use precision fermentation to create cheese that melts and stretches just like the real thing. According to their website, precision fermentation is similar to traditional fermentation, which we've been using for thousands of years to make bread, beer and wine. But it's called precision because they can train the microorganism to produce an array of different things, from drugs and vaccines to flavours and proteins. For example, precision fermentation is used to produce insulin for diabetics, where it was previously harvested from animals. Daisy Lab are sponsoring research and are looking for funding to take the next commercial step and hire full-time researchers. They'll then need to go into the next round of seed funding to scale it up further and produce enough casein to start making innovative new food products. Irina Miller noted that we can't grow our herds any bigger, so why not do it smarter without all the drama of growing big animals, making them pregnant and killing their calves? She says, why not cut to the chase and produce an ingredient which we extract from their milk anyway? Words like that must be terrifying for some in the dairy industry, but others probably laugh it off. I'm here for it though, and with an impending climate catastrophe on the horizon, it can't happen soon enough. 
Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, Aotearoa's leading animal rights organisation and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wam.